0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today, we're going to talk about email marketing for record labels. I want to bang this drum on this channel and and in our courses because I think that email is really easy, it's cheap, it's, if not free, it's really inexpensive, and it's really effective. And it doesn't carry any of these... Negatives that come with social media, the the vanity metrics and and all of the impacts on our mental health, and so that's why I'm kind of passionate about email, and why I want to take this episode today to talk to you about three things that I think make email really special, and why we as independent record labels, or even if you're an independent artist and you kind of self manage your own music career like a record label would which is essentially like a one person or one artist record label but whether you're an independent record label or you're an independent artist i want to talk about why email is really important why it can be really powerful um from a revenue standpoint and and in an engagement standpoint um and i like it and it, it's what makes me dislike social media so much and and there you know we know that social media is, is rife with problems and and we won't get into that too much today although i i am going to talk about the differences between email and social media, but I love email. And so I'm really going to be banging this drum. In fact, if you are listening to this or watching this episode in real time, um, then tomorrow I am hosting a free live webinar on email marketing. And today we're going to talk about why email marketing is important and some of the things that make email marketing special. But if we want to get really deep into how to create a sustainable email strategy for your record label, that's happening tomorrow in a live webinar at 2 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday, April 20th. And so If you are listening to this after that fact, all you have to do, if you're listening to it ahead of time or after, all you have to do is go to otherrecordlabels.com slash email marketing. That's otherrecordlabels.com slash email marketing. And our webinar will be live on YouTube. It'll also be in our Facebook group. If you're a member in our Facebook group, it'll be broadcast there as well. And you can post some questions. You could join us live or you can watch the replay after at other slash email marketing. And that's where we'll dive into what in what email platform to use, uh, how to grow an email list, how often you should send your newsletter, what to include in your emails, and what should your emails look like. So that's what we're going to dive in tomorrow. Please come over and join us at 2 p.m. Uh, and if and again, if you're listening, if you've missed that, Uh, and you're listening to this or watching this later on, go to otherrecordlabels.com slash email marketing. Okay, why do we need this episode today? Email is old news, right? It's been around for decades. And so, you know, what am I, you know, it's, what am I teaching here? Like, why is this important to go over? The thing is, is that email, because it's so old, it just isn't as sexy or novel as social media. Social media gets all of the attention. And I don't, I don't know why. I think it's the vanity. I think it's the, you know, nothing. Email is just these, like, it's very technical. It's like, it's not really about the platform, right? Like nobody is Um, nobody's like fawning over Hotmail or Gmail. We did it for a short little time, but you know, nobody really cares about the platform. It's just a utility. It's like the mailman. It's like electricity. It's like a telephone. It, you know, it's more about what comes in the mail than the actual platform Whereas social media is like, Oh, look at these cool features or look, I can reach this audience and every new social media platform brings with it this potential, this possibility that, uh, It would be a a quick and easy way for you to reach new listeners or or a new audience or to grow your following. And sometimes people feel like, well, I missed the boat to become an Instagram superstar. um, And so maybe now I could do that on Periscope if I get to it early, if I adopt it early or if I adopt Clubhouse early or if I adopt TikTok early, then maybe I'll become you know, one of those early adopters who who have a huge following and uh, Vine and bec- become huge. You can see where I'm going with this: is that email of all of these things I've been talking about, email has lasted and and surpassed a lot of these these platforms that I'm uh, that I'm mentioning, which is so crazy. So let's talk about some email stats uh, before we dive into uh, the three reasons why I think email marketing is super special and super important for independent record labels. There are 4 billion email users and climbing. 4 billion email users and climbing. That's incredible. Um, 99% of users check their inbox every day and some up to 20 times a day. That's, I mean, that's not hard to imagine, right? The average open rate is 19%, which is crazy. You know, that's really low, but um, that's the average. And so um, If you have a thousand email subscribers and you're like, oh, Scott, only 190 people, that was some quick math, by the way. Wait, 19%. Yeah, 190. <laughs> okay. Um, only 190 people are opening these emails. What am I doing wrong? Well, you're not doing anything wrong. You're actually, that's normal. Oh, and by the way, I read something really interesting recently, uh, or heard something interesting, where even if people don't open your emails, it's still really valuable when they see the from address, and then they see the subject line. Maybe it's just not relevant to them. Maybe they're not in a position to make a purchase uh, or they've kind of lost interest in you for now, but they're not really willing to unsubscribe. And then maybe in a couple of months or a couple of years or a decade, they kind of get back interested into you or they have some money and they decide to support indie artists or whatever. And so even like unopened emails have a little bit of a, a branding thing because they see you, even if it's in their junk mail folder, they see you. Um, This is, okay, this is a stat from, I'm going to read you right now from HubSpot that is um, incredible. It's mind-blowing. So the average open rate is 19%, but emails sent by independent artists and performers have the highest open rate of 34%. So nearly double the open rate of the average open rate for, for e-commerce, but emails sent by independent artists. And so that's incredible. That's just unbelievable. And that's, you know, that's fans saying, Oh, I'm very curious. Do you have a new record out? Or I'm very curious. Are you going on tour coming through my town? Um, And so that's really important for us. 80% of people will open a welcome email. And when we go into the live webinar tomorrow, we're going to talk about automation and how you can set up this automatic response when people sign up to your email list where they'll get a welcome email. And that's where an opportunity for a record label to give a little behind the scenes, talk a little bit about who you are and who the label is, introduce some of your artists, introduce um, some of your most popular releases, whatever you think will be valuable. Maybe give them uh, a, a coupon that they can hang on to, like a 10% off Bandcamp coupon code that they could ha- hang on to forever. You could give them a, a free compilation to download immediately. Um, but whatever you do, 80% of people approximately will open your first email from you. So if, you, if they sign up for your mailing list and remember they're thinking about you right then and then instantly get a response from you, a welcome email that's automated, 80% of people are going to open that. That's incredible. Four out of five marketers <clears throat> will say that and this is across the whole um, e-commerce industry. This isn't an, is an art specific, but four to five marketers will say that they'd rather give up social media than email. They would rather give up social e- media than email. Oh my goodness. Um, and that's so true, right? I mean, you think about like, think about like Old Navy and the Gap, who by the way, send like one email a day. Now I'm not going to recommend you do that, but they send like one email a day with like coupons and whatever and uh that's incredible and you know i th- i think they see you know people click through that and and if it if they send one email a day just so happens to catch them on a sunday morning and they're not really doing anything and they're at their computer or lying in bed with their laptop and they click through and they make a purchase um far more powerful than social media which we'll talk about in a sec last stat is 49% of customers said that they would like to hear from their favorite brands on a weekly basis that's so cool you know and that i i okay so I have an email address. It's it's from Hotmail. And I think the email is like 20, 30 years old. And it's to show how old I am, but it's a Hotmail address and it's my junk mail email. So if somebody asks me for my email to, in order for me to get something for free, I will give them this email. So I get the free thing. And of course, I'm going to be signed up to their mailing list, but that's okay because it's my junk email. My, my Gmail is my, or my business one is, is my important one. My Gmail is my Important personal one that I only give to friends and and family, mostly just friends. Ideally, not family. And um, but my Hotmail one is the one that I give to, you know, companies. And but the funny thing is, is I still check my Hotmail one every day. I check it multiple times a day. In fact, all of my junk emails go to my junk email, um, the junk folder in my junk email. So I, I go to Hotmail. And on my phone and I go right to the junk folder and I see what's there. And usually it's bands that I've signed up to for their mailing list and it's, it's brands that I've signed up to. And I love hearing from them, to be honest. Like I anticipate the emails, even though it is in my junk email, in my junk folder, um, I do anticipate them and I appreciate them. And, um, I Drink a lot of coffee. I drink the Nespresso, you know, the George Clooney Nespresso pods, which are very expensive. But I'm addicted, and I I just don't know how to stop. And uh, and so, but these things you can only order from their website. And so they email me like once a week with a coupon or or some sort of incentive to say if you order 100 capsules, you get 20 free. And I'm like, well, I'm going to drink those anyway. And so I always look for those emails. And I would say quarterly, I place a huge order for them, but I'll wait. Until I know that one of those emails are coming. So I am one of those 49% of customers who say they'd like to hear from their favorite brands. Uh, There's another, there's a vinyl retailer online that does reissues of like 90s pop punk stuff. And um, so whenever they send an e-blast, I'm like quick to open it to see what they're, uh, what's new. Okay. My experience with, with email as a label, I want to share this little anecdote with you too, which is, I think is interesting is, I had um when I started my label back in 2010 2010 2011 I started and and into 2012 I started collecting emails mostly from some of the artists on my label had collected them at shows I think we had done a label party one time and we we had people write down their email address and um I had uh from Bandcamp orders if somebody had ordered a physical item that, and I got their email, I would collect that. And I stored it on like a text document and I think I stored it maybe in, in, I think I was using MailChimp at the time. And so, uh, yeah, so like I had maybe 500 to a thousand, it was growing over the years, but it was between 500 to a thousand, um, you know, fans. Now we're going to talk about in the webinar, the difference between a, an artist mailing list and a label mailing list. So we'll save that for the, the webinar, but, um, for, from the label perspective, you know, we had fans from one artist or from all of our artists. It didn't matter. So I had about 500 to 700 or so. And I never utilized that email list. I didn't understand. I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I, I was too in my head about designing like a beautiful email. So I never did. Um, but occasionally, maybe on Black Friday or at Christmas or at the end of the year, I would send out an email and I would say, here's a 15% off coupon code for Bandcamp. Thanks for being a f- subscriber. Thanks for being a f- Friend of the label. And guess what? Like three or four orders would boom, like instantly like pour in. And that's because there's these people who had previously supported us and they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about these guys. What are they up to? Oh, cool. They had a new record come out. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'll buy it. Or they'll just be like, oh, yeah, I miss these guys. I should support them. And whatever it is, but it worked. You know, and I would send out to maybe 500, 700, 1,000. I don't know. And I would get maybe two or three orders. And it always warmed my heart. And, and it always made me think, damn it, I need to be using email more often because it works. So that's my little anecdotal experience. Here's three reasons why email marketing is special. Number one, you own it. You own your mailing list. This is huge. Facebook, um, back in, in 2011, my, uh, 2010, 2011, we had been growing our Facebook page. You remember a brand like a, a band or a store or a company could open a fa- start a Facebook page, right? And it would be attached, you'd be the administrator, and you could invite all your friends to like that page, and they would, and you could pay ads to have people like that page. And let's say you had like 500 people who liked that page, and this was like you know a vanity metric at the time, how many likes does your page have? And you could post something in that page, and it would show up in everybody's newsfeed equally. So you posted something like to your 500 likes, and Pretty much 450 people would see that for the people who logged in that day. They would see it that day. And we, you know, it was incredible. I remember somebody took like a screen video or something. And when we released an album, all of our friends in our friend circle, this was in 2011, January of 2011, all of our friends in our friend circle, they were scrolling through their feed and they saw the same album over and over, the same Bandcamp link because all of our friends were sharing it. So what ended up happening in like 2012 or so, Facebook was like, you know, first of all, now people's news feeds are just getting swamped with things that are, uh, they're just seeing the same thing too often. And they're also realizing that we're getting free advertising, that we can start a page, get some subscribers or some likes, and then, you know, uh, everybody can see our stuff. It's like having a super targeted billboard for free. It was 100% free. And so Facebook didn't like that and they thought they'd monetize that. And all of a sudden, instantly, in one day, they charged you to boost your post. And so in order for your fans to see it, uh, you would have to pay big bucks. And it it really added up. I spent thousands of dollars over the years trying to get what we had and what we had lost. Um, And it really adds up. But organically, I think something in the neighborhood of like you know, less than 20% would see your posts and it was super random. You couldn't rely on it. And so that killed Facebook for us as a record label. Um, and email's different, right? Email is like you have this list of people that have signed up at shows or they've signed up because they wanted to download something for free or they came to your website and just wanted to be a part of your newsletter or whatever. They sign up. You have that list. You can export that as a text document or an Excel sheet, save it on your computer, save it in the cloud, and you have that forever. Whereas, you know, the control that you have, the the contact you have with Facebook um, and your Facebook likes disappeared in that one day. Same thing happened with Instagram in 2016. Um, right now, I just read a stat. It's alarming. Apparently 10%, approximately 10% of our followers see our posts. And that's because Instagram doesn't care about what we post. It doesn't care about, even if I'm a user and I follow a band or a record label or or anybody that I want to see what's new with them, Instagram isn't going to show it to me unless they know for sure I'm going to stay on the platform longer. And so they're going to show me videos that are shocking or that are attractive or that they know that interests me and uh, like vintage synthesizers. And, um, you know, so they're going to show me stuff that they're going to show me reels and they're going to show me, um, you know, funny videos and stuff like that. Or, or, you know, the carousels that swipe across that kind of keep you on the platform for a few minutes. They're not going to show me my friend's new baby. They're not going to show me my, my friend's band who just released a new record. And so Instagram changed this in 2016. There was a huge uproar. Remember there's that day, everybody wanted you to click on the bell button. Um, And and so it used to be this, like, uh, what did you call it? Like it was like, you would see the feed as it like in a, what's, a word I'm looking for, ah, whatever, but you would see it as the stuff was posted. You'd see it in that order. And then all of a sudden they started to change an algorithm to show you stuff that would help you stay on the platform or introduce you to new accounts and blah, blah, blah. There's also the ever-changing popularity of social media platforms, which is a huge thing. And uh, it really sucks because if you're someone like me, who's been in the in- music industry for, I mean, with my label for 12 years and with, uh, just as an independent artist since 2004, approximately. Um, there was pure volume back then. There was MySpace. There were these like super crazy... There was like a, a site called Garage Band, I think, before The Garage Band. Um, anyway, there was like all of these things that changed so often. I have a CD that I made. And on the back, it says myspace.com slash Scott Orr. And that was like... I was like encouraging people to come to my MySpace. Well, that's... CDs still... In existence, what a waste. And then I think I did that with Twitter and Facebook too and subsequent years. And so I don't do that anymore. So social media always changes. And your mailing list is this text document that evolves for decades. Subscribers can become customers years and years later. And this has happened to me. I mean, I, you know... I've, I've gone to shows. I, I went to a show in upstate New York in 2007 with, to see an artist and I'm still on their mailing list and I still hear from them all the time and I'm not really into their music anymore. You know, it's it, they've changed, I've changed, but I'm still pretty sentimental to this artist and I'll never unsubscribe for as long as we're both alive. I'll never unsubscribe to this mailing list. So anyway, um, Just wanted to share that with you. Okay, number two reason why email is so special is it's timeless. Uh, Email was invented in 1965. Outlook in 1993. Hotmail in 1996. You've got Mail, the movie, in 1998. Gmail in 2004. And then the iPhone in 2007. That feels wrong. Was it 2007? I thought it was earlier than that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. iPhone, so email kind of started becoming a little more, more mobile. And, you know, I think about, uh, here's, you know, this idea of time. So I think the fact that email is timeless is a testament to how long it's been around and how long it will likely be around, knock on wood. But it, like, honestly, because it's just this utility, it will always be around. And, um, but we compare that to something like MySpace, you know, and, and I just used MySpace as an example, but, We think about, if I asked you, let's say, um, you know, back in when I was um, an independent artist in 2004 and... I had a MySpace, and I really wanted MySpace uh, friends, and I wanted people to come and listen to my music. And I'd always change out those four songs or whatever that you could upload, so that people would check out my music. And I invite my friends, and the, the whole idea was to get strangers to come. and I know there's a lot of like MySpace bands who got signed and toured, and I think MySpace even had a record label. Did they for a minute? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, and so I was put all this, you know, emphasis on my MySpace. At the same time, I was playing this weekly show at a, at a bookstore, at a bookstore coffee shop, like a Barnes and Noble. And it was a great gig. And I would get, I would sell tons of CDs because people in a bookstore on Friday nights were like, you know, wealthy adults and people um, with uh, disposable income. And so they'd buy a latte and they'd browse for a book and they'd buy a CD to support this young, um, goofy dude on on stage playing his acoustic guitar. And I also had a a piece of paper on my merch table at the bookstore and had people sign up to my mailing list. And I got a lot of those people. I got a lot of people. I mean, hundreds of of emails over the months that I, that I played these gigs and I still, I don't know exactly where that mailing list is, but no, I think I have it. I mean, it's, it's been pruned over the years. Like people have probably dropped off. i maybe have lost little pieces of it, but I would always transfer it to a text document and I've carried that with me over and over. And I have a mailing list today And, um, I'm sure some of those people are still on that mailing list compared to MySpace. Where are those, where are those fans now? So if I asked you today, if you had a a MySpace page, uh, or if you had Facebook likes, would you give that up for, for emails instead? Had you been putting that effort effort into collecting emails back then when you were trying to collect Facebook friends or, or MySpace, um, friends or whatever, (laughs) I don't remember everybody has a different term, um. Of course, a lot of us would give up everything to have had those emails because those emails would still be, a lot of them would still be relevant and active. So it's timeless. Number three, it's intimate. Think about who emails us, right? Who emails us? School, family, our friends, the government, tax people. Anytime we get an email, it's generally, aside from spam, but like I mentioned, even the spam is kind of um, sometimes important to us. But the things that come in our email, when we get that little ding on our phone, which by the way, I turned off those dings, I turned off those alerts, I turned those off like three years ago on my phone just to reduce my screen time. But that's another topic, another day. But um, when we get an email, it's like, oh, who is this? Because chances are, if I get an email to my Gmail, it's like, it's very important. Or at least it's important. It's it's maybe like 10% of the time, it's uh, something I can delete. Without reading, but most of the time it's important. Versus when we flip through social media in our feeds, and we've gotten so good now, sitting on the toilet uh, or in line waiting for something, or when we're trying to avoid um, feeling like we need to talk to someone, we can just scroll and scroll and scroll while we're watching a movie or watching TV or, or having a, um, a, a, a bathroom break, <laughs> um, and we can scroll and scroll and scroll, and it's like it's we 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 barely are are thinking about what we're seeing. And so I think of how intimate subconsciously that experience is with email when we're reading an email versus when we're flipping through our social media feed. I think that's huge. 99% of users check their inbox every day. And that's not true for every platform, right? If you subscribe to a YouTube channel, you don't necessarily check that every day. Even if you're on Instagram, you probably check Instagram every day, but you shouldn't. I like to think that I don't, but I think I do. Um, I think there's maybe days I miss Twitter um, and uh, I don't have many others, but um, there might be some other platforms that we don't check every day. But 99% of users check their inbox every single day. And I think we categorize email on a different level than we do social media in our minds. I think subconsciously we think about email differently. uh, And so when it comes in, when that ding hits, it's much different than when somebody posts A new tweet or post a picture on Instagram or even a TikTok, unless like we're obsessed with a certain content creator at that time. But for the most part, um, email is just on a different level. So there you go. There's my conclusion. Number one, you own it. Number two, it's timeless. And number three, it's intimate. I think labels are underutilizing email and it's a big problem. And guess what? The big indies. They use email all the time. In fact, weekly, if not more. And there's a couple big indies. I may have unsubscribed from them, and I am sorry. Um, bless your heart. Um, even they've been on the show, but um, they would send emails all the time, and they would send like gorgeous looking pictures of vinyl, and 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 they would talk about new releases all the time. And they didn't really have a schedule as either weekly, but or whenever something new was coming out. But it was at least weekly. Uh, and there's something to it. You know, there's something big that these big labels know that email is really important. And their email list is, uh, their their email activity is is more substantial than, than their Instagram. Uh, so email marketing is um, not just this simple strategy that you should tack on to. It's not just like one of many things you should do. It should be very high up as a priority. It should be as high as having a website. In my opinion, it's certainly more important than social media. And if you look at how I operate different things with with, um, how I personally use social media, and I'm an old person, but um, I put more emphasis on connecting directly with people through email or more personal interactions than through social media. I still do social media, but and I'm, I'm not against social media. I think it's I think it's great. I think there's a place for it. I think there's nice to have these little touch points and to reach out to our audience uh, and meet them where they are and where they like to hang out. But email is on a whole other level. And we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna get super detailed uh, on email in our webinar tomorrow. If you're listening or watching this uh, in real time, then on April 20th, 2022, we are going to do an episode, uh, sorry, a live webinar um, that you can watch on YouTube or on and if you're in our Facebook group, it's on our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash uh, other Record Labels. Um, but just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash email marketing. com slash email marketing. You can watch the live webinar from there. You can watch the replay of it if you're not listening to this in real time. And there's also a free download that you can grab there as well. So go to com slash email marketing. Thank you so much for listening and for being a subscriber.